Welcome to the Point is to Serve podcast. We want to encourage you towards a vibrant and active faith in Jesus Christ. For more information about our ministry, visit our website at thepointistoserve.org. And now, here's this week's teaching. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We got to hang out with Tracy's folks yesterday. Our uh, Thanksgiving was a little bit late. And then today, my brother and his girlfriend and aunt come in from the cities. So more and more turkey. I always think of like the Israelites when they're forced to eat all the quail and it's coming out of their nose, you know, if you're familiar <laughs> with that story. That's what Thanksgiving always feels like for me. But, uh, and I hope it was for you too. But uh, we are entering into the Advent season. Kind of crazy to think already. It just goes so fast. But uh, Advent is a time of waiting, right? How many of you like to wait? Yeah, I didn't see any hands go up, right? Uh, maybe it's like waiting in line at the grocery store or waiting for a package that you've been anticipating to come in the mail. Or maybe it's uh, waiting for, remember dial-up internet? And it's like, ah, oh, it took forever for your page to come up. Like, thank goodness those days are over with. Some of you guys have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, or maybe it's waiting in traffic, right? Um, Tracy and I always had this dream of if we ever had a band, we would call it Every Red Light. Because that's what it's like driving around Sioux Falls, right? When you're trying to get from one spot to the next, it's just every red light all along the way. Like, we hate waiting, Especially in a world where convenience and speed are king all the time. And yet, Advent is a season of waiting. It's something that we have to deal with it. Uh, and Advent comes from this Latin word that means uh, coming or arrival or appearance. Uh, and, and what is it that we're waiting for? What, what are we anticipating the arrival of? Well, it's our King Jesus that he would come into this world and he would fix the brokenness of this creation. That's what we're all longing for so deeply. And Advent takes up um, the first four weeks leading up to Christmas Day when we actually get to celebrate the fact that the reality that indeed this king has been born, Jesus Christ, and he brings in the fullness of his kingdom and it starts to break into this world and bring peace and life to this world. And so here we are in the Advent season and our um, sermon series this Advent is going to be called Waiting, right? <laughs> uh, because we're waiting for a few different things, right? We're, we're waiting for peace to come in the world. We're waiting for a sign. We're waiting for a king. We're waiting for a kingdom. These are the things we're going to be taking up. And we're going to be looking to the Gospel of Luke uh, to help guide us through the Advent season as well. Um, you know, the whole story of the Bible is a story of a God who loves his people, who's in covenant faithfulness with them. And these people, sometimes they're faithful, uh, but a lot of times they're stubborn and they're hard-hearted, you know? Like when, when the Israelites, are, they're supposed to have God as their king over them in the Old Testament. Uh, they say, we don't want you to be our king, that's nice and all, but we want a king like all the other kings, like all the other nations. We don't want to live by your wisdom, God. We want to live by our wisdom. And the natural result of that very oftentimes is the Israelites, because of their pride, because of their hubris, they find themselves living in exile, 
under these foreign nations. They're, they're taken out of their homeland in places of oppression. We see this uh, under Egypt and the Babylonians and the Assyrians and the Persians and the Greeks. Uh, and, and this cry of the Israelite people all throughout the Old Testament is, God, come and rescue your people. Would you send a king like our great King David and would you rescue us? Would you make things right? Would you, would you throw off the chains and the shackles and set us free? Uh, and, and we see this all over in the Psalms and we see it especially in the prophets too because the prophets are saying, you just wait. That day is coming where a king like David is going to come and arrive. And then we get to the New Testament too. And people are still waiting for a king to come. Um, because by the time we get to the New Testament, uh, the Israelites aren't living in, in a foreign land anymore. They're actually in their own land, but they're still under the thumb of a superpower. And I think we all know that that's the Romans, right? Uh, this brutal, powerful empire that the Jewish people have to live by their rules and their way of life, even though sometimes it contradicts it, including at the very beginning of the Gospel of Luke, we're told that Herod was king in Judea. Uh, and Herod was a very brutal, paranoid leader. He would kill his own family members to protect his power. Uh, and he was kind of in cahoots with the Roman people. And so even the Jewish people were kind of suspect of him. They're like, yeah, we know he's technically our king, but that's not the king that we're really looking for. Like, we're, we're longing for that day. Someday a king's going to come like David, and he's going to set us free all over again. And you know, uh, before Jesus was born, there were some real glimmers of hope in the history of Israel because there were these uprisings and these like brave Jewish revolts that took place and they held off the Romans for a pretty good long time too and th people are starting to think under these people's leadership like is this it is this the Messiah is it about to happen and then Rome in typical fashion comes with its iron fist and just crushes the movement right and also dashes whatever hopes they would have had of this, like maybe this is the Messiah. And now, and now they find themselves echoing the words of their ancestors. That's like, God, have you forgotten us? Have you left us here all alone in this world? Become cynical, hopeless. Uh, and yet, for the Jewish people, there's always hope. That one day, like God's going to raise somebody, like a king that's going to come in the line of David will appear, Advent, in this world. Uh, and maybe we can relate to that today. Because today, we as people of faith live in a globalized world in a modern-day Roman Empire. Uh, and we can look around and we can feel like the, word, the world is falling apart, right? That there is no hope. Just turn on the news, right? Look at all the mass shootings. Look at all the natural disasters. Look, look at the pandemic that's just totally ravaged economies all over the world and the people who suffer underneath that. Look, look at the divisions that are created in our world and even in our own families and even in our own churches uh, and all the suffering that you all carry in your own personal lives too. I know for some of you this has been a really hard year. Uh, and so it can be really hard to live in this kind of an environment, especially because we live in a secularized world, too, where just kind of the default assumption with the majority of people is there is no God. This is all there is. And it can be hard to be a person of faith in the midst of an environment like that. Do, do you sometimes feel weary of being a person of faith in the kind of culture that we find ourselves in? And where in our world... Or in your own life, do you desire for God to bring peace? 
uh, for you or for the circumstances around you. That, I think that's something that we have to be thinking about during this Advent season. And you know, peace is not something that is new. Like, like the world all throughout history has been longing for God to make things right, you know, to have better days ahead of us. Um, a little while ago, Bob Barkley had sent me an article and uh, the, in this article, it was talking about um, the story behind the Christmas carol, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Uh, and I was reading this, and I just was amazed at how profound the lyrics are to that song, because I'd heard it before and never really thought about what it was we were singing. Uh, and so I'll, I'll share just a little bit of this with you. Um, it was written in 1863, all right? So this was during uh, the time of the Civil War. Um, and it was written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, who was like a rock star poet of his day. You know, they, was like, they didn't have rappers back then, but he would have been one of them, okay? Uh, and so it, it was originally called Christmas Bells, and if you've got your worship pamphlet, actually the whole poem is, is in there. You can take a look at that at some point. Um, but what, or, uh, Longfellow understood suffering pretty well. Because two years before this poem was written, uh, his wife had died in a fire. They'd been married for 18 years. And, and then shortly after that, uh, his son had gone against his wishes to go and to serve in the Union Army uh, to fight during the Civil War. And while he was in combat, uh, a, a bullet nicked his spine uh, and, and severely hurt him. It didn't kill him, uh, but it definitely took him out of the war. And in the midst of all of that, you, you hear the pain and the suffering in the words of this poem that uh, Longfellow put together. Uh, and I'm actually going to play this song for us uh, because, uh, a couple of reasons. First off, um, I think sometimes like the Christmas carol and the way that it's written, that's fine, it's great, but like they, I think they missed the dark mood that Longfellow wanted to have in his poem. And so I'm just going to kind of like incorporate some of those verses uh, in what we're uh, going to be singing today too. Uh, but there's another reason as well, and that is that um, the melody might not be familiar, okay? Um, I honestly, like, there, there's a band that I grew up listening to called Pedro the Lion uh, when I was in high school, and I still just love them absolutely to this day, and uh, David Bazan is just really good uh, with putting melodies together, and um, so I, I, I like the feel of this melody. I think it fits the words really well. I think it, it fits the mood of what Longfellow was going for. Uh, but I'd also like to just tell you a little bit about, like, what's going on here in this song. Um, it kind of starts off with this beautiful, like, pristine, like, hallmarky kind of Christmas day, and the bells are ringing, and everything's perfect and lovely. But then all of a sudden, you start to hear the sounds of the cannons of the Civil War going on. And, and the sounds of war and violence and yelling and screaming become so loud that you can't even hear the Christmas bells anymore. And, and the narrator uh, starts to become a bit cynical about it all. Like, he says, there's no peace on earth. For hate is strong and it mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But then a little bit of time goes on and all of a sudden you start to hear those bells ringing and, and clanging out even more loudly than the rest of it. And he says, uh, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail of peace on earth and goodwill to men. And the gospel testifies to us that evil and death do not have the final say. Peace 
and reconciliation are coming. And can we hear it in the distance? Um, so I'm going to play this for us. And I have to warn you, I'm no Bruno Mars, all right? <laughs> so you're just going to have to deal with it. Um, and if you become uh, kind of used to this melody, feel free to sing it with me as well. I heard the bells on Christmas Day Their old familiar carols play And wild and sweet the words repeat Peace on earth, goodwill to man Then from each black accursed mouth The cannons thundered in the south And with the sound the carols drown Of peace on earth, goodwill to man then in despair I bow my head There is no peace on earth I said For hate is strong and mocks the song Of peace on earth Good will to man. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolves. From night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime, a peace on earth, goodwill to man. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, good will to man.
Thank you very much. And I just realized I had my guitar muted the entire time, so <laughs> it's too much going on in your brain when you're trying to do all that stuff. I'm going to look at Luke 2, 18 through 14. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. For the Israelite people, including the shepherds here in this scene, uh, who had for so long lived under this foreign oppression and domination and exploitation, now their long-awaited king had finally arrived, Advent. And sometimes this is announced with Christmas bells, as we sang about, and other times it's announced when the angels come to us. That God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, and the right prevail. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Because Jesus is born, our King. And he's here to put the world to rights. Although he does this in a way that nobody could ever anticipate. Because this Jesus would grow up, and by the power of God's Spirit... He would start a revolution among ordinary common folk, just like you and me, that would overcome the enemies indeed, but in a way that was very, very unexpected, unconventional. Uh, not through violence and not through the sword, but through laying down their own lives for their enemies under his lordship, under his leadership and his way, loving and serving them and winning their hearts to the kingdom of God. And in a world of thundering cannons and pandemics and divisiveness and brokenness and hatred and division, um, this peaceable way of Jesus might just sound like it's kind of naive. It's kind of silly. It's a pipe dream. You know, there's, there's no peace on earth. For hate is strong and it mocks the song of peace on earth. And when Jesus had been crucified and when he had been laid in the tomb, uh, it seemed like all the cynics and the realists were right. You know, at the end of the day, there is no God, and we're here all by ourselves, and we're just clawing and scratching our way to the top so that we can have power and control over others. Violence and evil is the name of the ga game, so you might as well just get used to singing that chorus. But, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. Jesus was raised from the tomb. And his way of peace proved to be more powerful than the world's counterfeit ways of making peace in this world. 
And that announcement of these angels about this peacemaking king being born, it's not only for the shepherds to come and adore him and, and to praise him and worship him and offer their lives and sacrifice to him. It's for everybody. And that includes us as well. And as Zechariah prophesied earlier in chapter 1 of Luke, he said, Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Other versions say, lead our feet in the way of peace. And what does this peace look like when it comes to earth? Uh, you know, it's not just the absence of war. It's not just the absence of violence or conflict, although it is certainly that, all right? Um, the biblical concept of peace uh, comes from a Hebrew word, shalom, or the Greek word erene, which is like, it's like holistic peace. It's like every, everything is fixed on every single dimension. Things are, are made complete finally. And so uh, there's different ways that Jesus brings peace into the world. One is just the experience of forgiveness. Like to have the creator of the universe not counting our sins against us. And all that guilt and all that shame and all that brokenness just being taken from us that we're released from it that brings peace to us right that that's a reality that we live in because of jesus christ uh, there's also peace in realizing that we are accepted by god into his family that we belong that this is a longing of human hearts to be seen and to say we want you here we're glad that you're here we're glad that you'd be part of this uh, that's some of the peace that comes from Jesus too. There's peace when we can stop trying to find life in things that don't ultimately satisfy us because so much of our life is just spent chasing after the next thing and trying to find purpose and meaning and it just never, it's like a carrot and stick. It's never there until we find our life in Jesus Christ. There's a peace that comes from that kind of deep contentment. And there's peace when we learn to trust in God's provision too. Uh, that I need, don't need to worry about where my next meal is going to come from because it seems like somehow he always provides. He's a God that sees us and that he cares about us and that he's present with us. All of these are different examples of ways that God brings peace on earth because we find our life, our identity, our meaning, our purpose, our value, our belonging, our significance in Jesus Christ finally. And, and we don't just keep this to ourselves but kind of like the angels, we get to go and we get to announce it to the rest of the world that Jesus has been born and this is good news for you too. And, and it's not just information that we plug into people's heads, it's things that we actually do in our relationships like we were talking about with our last sermon series. Part of the way that we bring peace in our relationships is by practicing forgiveness in real time with real people around us. When we invite hurting people and marginalized people to belong to the family of God, you are seen and you do matter. Come worship with us. Uh, when we invite others to find life and Jesus in his way and out of just the emptiness of this world that has nothing to offer us, to contribute to the needs of others out of our abundance, that's a way that we bring peace into the world. And one of the major ways that we bring peace in the world, too, is by being peaceful in the way of Jesus, to be peacemakers. I, I've quoted it before, but I just love it. Brian Zahn said, um, there is no way to peace, as though we can just fire off our cannons and blow up all the bad guys and make sure that our will happens in the world. Our peace is what's left over. Uh, 
but peace is the way. The, like, the only way to truly bring peace into the world is to be peacemakers under the lordship and the leadership of Jesus Christ. That's the way that he brings peace into this world. Or as Zechariah said, he guides our path in the way of peace. Jesus does by teaching us to be humble servant peacemakers in the midst of a violent world at war. The, these are all different examples of, of the many different ways in which God brings peace. He brings healing. He brings shalom and wholeness to the rest of this world through King Jesus and, and through his loyal followers to us, the body of Christ in the world. God becomes incarnate uh, not only in baby Jesus, but through you all, through us in the rest of the world. And even though the rest of the world, all the evidence stacked against the, the thought that peace can happen, peace really is breaking into the midst of this world. It's taken on flesh 2,000 years ago, and it continues to take on flesh and make inroads through us, the church, his body. Uh, and in the midst of a violent world with cannon fire and violence and divisions and hatred and all the nasty things that are happening in this world today, can we hear the Christmas bells ringing? Can we hear the angels singing peace on earth, goodwill to men? Do you believe it? Amen. Peace is breaking into this world, and we follow uh, the one that we call the Prince of Peace, because he knows it better than any of us do. Uh, let me close this in prayer. And uh, if you need prayer during this time, uh, or after the, the final song, too, feel free to go over to the north wall, and there'll be people there to pray for you. God, it's hard to live in this world. Uh, there's just so much brokenness all around us and, and the anxiety and the depression and the fear and the anger and the rage that even for those of us who follow you, Jesus, we're uh, prone to uh, be tempted by that, to enter into it and to uh, become cynical, to feel hopeless in the midst of it all. And, and that can just lead us into all sorts of negativity that just uh, feeds into the ugliness of this world all around us. Uh, so we thank you, God, that you don't leave us in this place. That you come to us personally in the flesh in your son, Jesus Christ, and you bring peace into this world. You're bringing your kingdom into this place that will make all things right. And we have that to look forward to, Lord, uh, but in the midst of it all, you're on the move. You're inviting people from all over this hurting world to join you and be people of hope, uh, to be people of healing, to be peacemakers, in this world. So help us to trust you, Lord, uh, not to lean on our own understanding, but to know that you are good and that we have the power of your Holy Spirit that you've offered to us so that we can join you uh, in bringing healing to this world until, until your kingdom comes and your will is done fully on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you for this, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Point is to Serve podcast series. For more information about pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ or information about The Point is to Serve ministry, visit our website at thepointistoserve.org. Thank you and God bless.